Hey everyone and welcome once again to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Mike Freeman and I'm so happy to have you join me as we continue to walk through the Gospel of John. We're in John chapter 7 and what we saw last time was Jesus standing up and declaring that if anyone thirsts, if they believe in him, they will have a spring of living water uh, springing forth inside of them. Uh, Jesus here, he's speaking of eternal life. He's speaking of the spirit of God that will, will that will indwell the believer, that will give the believer this, this unending sense of hope and satisfaction in the Messiah, in Christ. And, and this is given when someone believes in him. Now, this is a, a great reminder that the entire Gospel of John, it's, it's aimed at leading us to believe that Jesus is, in fact, the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing him, in him, we will have life in his name. This is John's goal in writing, and this is what we see Jesus declare. He says, come, believe in me. And now what we're going to see is we're going to see the continued response of, of the crowd as well as the response of the religious leaders who... They, they oppose Christ. They, they do not want people to believe in Christ. And so let's look into the text, John chapter 7, starting in verse 40. We're, we're going to have a, an extended text today. Let's go ahead and read it. It says, when they heard these words, some of the people said, this really is the prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. But some said, is the Christ to come from Galilee? Has not the scripture said that the Christ will come from the offspring of David and comes from Bethlehem, the village where David was? So here's what we have. We have this, this, uh, this debate springing up. We have people saying, well, this is the prophet. This is the one who's coming before the Christ. Others are saying, well, no, this is the Christ. And we saw this uh, recently, people saying, do we expect anything more from the Christ than what this man is doing? And so there's this debate. And then they say, well, uh, this guy, he's, he's from Galilee. And isn't the Christ to come from Bethlehem? And they don't know Jesus' full story. They don't know his birth, in fact, happened there. And so there's this debate this this uh, this curiosity, this sh searching, this this wondering, and the text continues. It says, so there was a division among the people over him. Some of them wanted to arrest him, but other but no one excuse me, but no one laid hands on him. The officers then came to the chief priests and Pharisees, who said to them, "Why did you not bring him?" They were supposed to go and arrest Jesus. They do not. They said, why did you not bring him? The officer said, no one, no one ever spoke like this man. There is something markedly different about Jesus. They are, they are afraid to lay hands on him. They, they are instructed to arrest Jesus, but there is something in their conscience that says, mm, I, I'm not sure I can do that. Verse 47, the Pharisees answered them, have you also been deceived? Have any of the authorities or the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd that does not know the law is accursed. <laughs> Look at what the Pharisees do. And they're like, what's wrong with you guys? Look at, we're not, we're not trusting in him. We're not following him. And why would you even dare thinking for yourself? I mean, just look at what we're doing. Look at how we're not believing in him. And you should just follow along. I mean, we're in charge after all. We know better than you. Are you deceived? Look, none of us have believed in him. It says, but this crowd, they say this crowd, these people that are starting to believe in him, they're accursed. Verse 50, Nicodemus, who had gone to him before. This is Nicodemus from John chapter 3, who goes to Jesus in the night. Remember that whole dialogue about you must be born again. Well, here's, it says Nicodemus, who had gone to him before and who was one of them. 
said to them, Does our law judge a man without first giving him a hearing and learning what he does? Nicodemus is just speaking rationally here, and he's saying, guys, we, we should be careful about arresting him right away. I mean, we, we have laws in place. We need to do this the right way. We need to actually give him a, a trial. We need, to, we need to hear him out. And they replied, look at this. Are you from Galilee too? Search and see that no prophet arises from Galilee. <laughs> look at what they, one of their own, starts to speak up, and he's not even saying that he believes Jesus is the Christ. He's just kind of trying to pump the brakes a little bit. And their their immediate response is an ad hominem. They, they, they attack him. They call him a name. Are you from Galilee yourself? Why would you even give a second of credence? Why, do you, why would you even consider for a moment that what we're doing is wrong and that we should even give him a fair trial? This is... This is the, this debate, this division, this animosity, this confusion. All of it is swirling around, and it all is swirling around Jesus' identity. You know, I, I, would, I would propose to you that this is exactly the same today. Everyone has a different idea about Jesus. Everyone is, is wondering about him. There are people that are they're antagonistic toward Jesus. There are people that are ambivalent toward Jesus. There are people that are considering Jesus. And there are people that believe in Jesus. All of this swirling around and it all lands on who is Christ. And notice, notice that those who don't want to believe in Christ, notice how quickly they go to a, a personal attack. The crowd, they must be accursed. And Nicodemus, you must be from Galilee also, right? We, we must hear this because I think this, this is so instructive to us because we, if you're listening to this, I, I'm trusting that you have believed in Christ as the Son of God. And, and by believing in him, you have eternal life. But at the same time, I want you to remember that the same division, the same confusion swirls around the identity of Christ, which means there will be those who look at you as the Pharisees looked at the crowd. You're accursed. Why would you ever believe in Jesus? Why would you ever trust in the word of God? There will be those who belittle you. Oh, you believe in Jesus? You must be from Galilee. You must be, you must be stupid. You must be unintellectual. You must be uneducated. You, you must be a fool to even consider the claims of Jesus Christ. This is, this is always the world's response to truth. To deny, to attack, to belittle those who would consider it. And this this reminds us not just of the swirling confusion and division that happened around Jesus' identity then, but this is our world today. You live in a world that will belittle you, that will dismiss you for trusting in Christ. Listen, if that's you, I want you to see that Jesus, he did not back down. And I want you to remember you need not back down. Your hope is in Christ. You have life in his name. So don't fear what others say. You, listen, people might say the worst things in the world about you. Listen, you do not need to cling to their words. Instead of holding on to the negative things people might say about you, specifically because of your faith, cling to the truth about Christ. He has just proclaimed, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. I will give him living water. 
It'll spring forth inside of you to eternal life. This is what you have in Christ, regardless of what your critics may say. And this is the hope we have. This is meant to be an encouragement. And this is our ancient way for our modern day.